The following is a broadcast service of Kentucky Wesleyan College and WKWC. Welcome to the Wesleyan Way. Correction, Wesleyan Airway with Dr. Tom Mitzel, President of Kentucky Wesleyan College. Good day to you and welcome to the Wesleyan Airway, a program where we discuss a variety of topics and meet a multitude of great and interesting people. I've spent much of last spring and this summer updating you with respect to COVID-19 and the college's response. Today, I'm pleased to let you know that I've brought on a guest to help explore the college's actions as we work to keep the campus safe and continue our students' education and well-being. Mr. Rob Mallory is the athletic director for the Panthers. He arrived at KWC on May 15, 2015, and has led a rejuvenation and expansion of the athletic program during his short time. Under his watchful eye, KWC added men's and women's bowling, wrestling, and reinstituted tennis, bringing 19 varsity programs total to the college. He has also served on multiple conference and national committees, helping to ensure the health of athletics across our nation and indeed the globe. So, Rob, thank you for taking time to uh, meet with me today. And I know your schedule has been nonstop really since last February. And so I, I really appreciate your taking this, this time to stop and talk to us. My pleasure to be here. My pleasure to be here. So the first thing I'd like to do is uh, you've, you've been here for almost five years. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the circumstances that really brought you to Kentucky Wesleyan College. Sure. So I was I was born and raised uh, across the river in Evansville, Indiana. And I grew up as athletics just being a, such a significant part uh, of my life. I was a three-sport athlete in high school and went to uh, undergrad at the University of Notre Dame and, and stayed involved in athletics there as a, as a student manager and was able to work with the football program there for about two and a half years and, and eventually worked my way into the role as head football manager. And that was really my first exposure to the administrative side of athletics. And I got to work with uh, with several staff members uh, throughout the athletic department in my role as the, as the head manager. And that kind of planted the seed, I guess, for me at the time, uh, that that might be something that, that I would want to pursue uh, as a career. But I didn't get there right away. After graduation, I moved back to Evansville and I, uh, I worked in the construction industry as a project manager and estimator hmm. for a mechanical insulation company and, and coached high school football. And after about three years of that, I made the decision to go back to school and I went to grad school at Xavier University pursuing a master's in sports administration. And so from there, I was, I was able to get my first job in, in college athletics at the University of Evansville back home. I uh, worked there for three years and you know, I got into the industry thinking you know, I was going to be the athletic director at, at Notre Dame someday and that that, that was really the only path. Uh, was that kind of power five, the the big name schools that you that you hear on such a frequent basis. But in conversation with, with a member of the coaching staff when I was at Evansville and just kind of talking about some of the things that I did and didn't like about my job there, they said, hey, have you ever thought about Division Two? And I hadn't. And then uh, I kind of started looking into that and a position open at Quincy University Division Two school over in West Central Illinois. And I decided to pursue that. I was fortunate to get a position as the Associate Athletic Director at Quincy served there for five years, and then the opportunity arose here uh, in Owensboro at Kentucky Wesleyan College, a, you know, an institution I was certainly familiar with from growing up over in Evansville. And, and my wife and I, my wife also from Evansville, and a young family, and it was a chance to get back close to family at, a, at an institution that I really felt fit my value system and, and my ideals and, and a place where I thought I could be successful. Lucky for us, you, you did decide to come to uh, a Panther family, and we're grateful that you did. A lot of people know a coach's job. Often, they think they know it much better than they do. And you, you can tell if you go to any game and listen to people yelling from the, from the sidelines. Most people are not as familiar with an athletic director. Could you give us just a, a brief definition of what it is that you do as an athletic director on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, I'm not sure brief as possible. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it really is 
I, I've always looked at it from this standpoint, whether I'm the athletic director, assistant AD, associate AD, anyone in the athletic administration. It's my job to give others in the department, specifically our coaches, the tools that they need to be successful and the tools that they need to provide the experience for our student athletes that we, we want them to have. You know, success can be defined in so many different ways, and it's not just competitive success, but it's academic success. It's, it's social success. It's the, just the development of the whole person. You know, that's really what we are focused on in our alignment with the institution's mission, you know, to really develop uh, young men and women to be leaders um, and great citizens when they leave our campus. In, in very broad terms, it's about providing, you know, those tools and, and allowing the, the coaches to, to be able to provide that experience. You can boil that down and, and get specific in so many areas. It can be, again, as broad as, you know, setting the, the vision of the department and, and pointing the, the department in a specific direction, you know, long term. Specific duties that, that come up, whether that be fundraising, alumni relations, just coaching development, right? Coach the coaches, so to speak, mm-hmm. to allow them to, to continue to get better and, and be as successful as possible in their roles. Uh, and then you can look at, at every kind of area of, of an institution almost. And athletics kind of functions as a, as a micro institution in that we kind of have our own recruiting functions and our own human resources functions and our own financial functions. It's a, you know, it kind of boils down to everything that maybe a college president is, is doing, but on a smaller scale within the athletic department. Let me throw a little bit of a crink into this conversation. And obviously your job entails juggling a lot of different balls at, at different times and spinning a lot of different plates and trying to make sure nothing lands on the ground. And then suddenly we have COVID-19. Sure. We'll talk a little bit about the fall season. It really hit the spring semester quite hard. Before we get into the fall, could you tell me a little bit about the reaction uh, from the athletic side and how the coaches were feeling, how the students were feeling, and what did you do as a department to really try to mitigate and slow down uh, any of the repercussions of, of what could have come from COVID-19 and, and what are still coming from COVID-19? Yeah, I, March 12th, 2020, right? That was, that's a date that I'll never forget. I was just sitting in a meeting over in the admissions financial aid conference room. We were looking at some information, so I had my laptop open, and an email comes across from Mark Emmert, the, the president of the NCAA that the Board of Governors had, had canceled winter and spring championships. And it was a shock to the system. The conversation had started to swirl in recent days with the NBA and, and, and some other things were happening in professional sport, but it was it was quite sudden. And then um, that, that following day on the 13th is when, you know, as you know, <laughs> the, the GMAC President's Council made the uh, unfortunate but, but necessary decision to, to cancel the remainder of, of spring sports. So... That's as tough as a as a meeting as I've I've had to be in to stand up in front of our coaches and specifically our spring sport coaches and tell them that that their seasons were were over. You know, then it just became about supporting those coaches and, and those student athletes to the best of our ability. Um, it was it was tough. We were all kind of navigating uncharted waters and trying to figure out how to do that. But that was where our focus was. That first month to six weeks was really on just being here and, and being a resource. For those student athletes, there's certainly a, a mental health component to you know having something like that kind of taken away from you. I couldn't agree with you more on on that. As as we enter the fall season now, we've had one collegiate game, uh, football game anyway, played nationally so yeah. far, and I I watched uh, there was a high school football game that that was being played, and there are other collegiate sports going forward. Obviously, the professional sports are going forward as best they can with what is occurring with the NCAA two and 
with reference to the sports, especially at Kentucky Wesleyan College, what, what does that mean for us specifically? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly been um, a whirlwind over the last, I mean, really since that, that March 12th date as we uh, moved into the summer and was like, man, we gotta we got to really start figuring out fall sports. And, you know, we worked really hard over that time and thought we had a really good plan in place and kind of just continued to get some roadblocks and curveballs thrown at us, whether that be by the virus itself and a spike happening in July that we were all anticipating to come in November or December, uh, or by the NCAA with, with, with various you know requirements that, that they've put in place, especially in, in the area of testing. I think just college athletics is a challenge. and We may be in the most difficult position of, of any of the levels of sport. If you think about professional sport and the resources that they have and the ability to kind of build their bubbles to some degree and, and, and continue to play, but then uh, even high school, um, which has its own challenges, it's one state association. All the schools are in the same state. They can play by the same guidelines, and they go home and they, they live with mom and dad, and, and, and for the most part, there's some level of control there. In collegiate sport, we don't have the resources and the ability to, to form a bubble like they do in professional sport. We have interstate travel involved. We have institutions with different priorities and resources, and it, and it creates a, a really massive challenge to, to be able to move forward um, in a uniform manner. And so that's why we've seen this real inconsistency, even at the, the highest levels where they have the resources in place. We've already seen the Big Ten and the Pac-12 kind of opt out of the football season this fall while other conferences are moving forward. Within Division Two, at this point, our fall championships were canceled based on the requirements that were in place from the NCAA Board of Governors uh, that required you know, weekly pre-competition testing and, and some additional requirements that would have to be met. When, when those championships were canceled, that certainly put the regular season kind of uh, under a, uh, an intense level of scrutiny. And every, every conference at this point, for at least high-contact sports, has, has opted to try to conduct those in the spring, if at all. You, you mentioned the, the testing, and I know we've discussed this on occasion, that there are some early versions of quick tests that are much less expensive. We're all waiting for those to go through their normal testing routes and uh, to be approved for, for use, and, and hopefully they can be. But right now, I know testing is extremely expensive. You, you talked about the professional bubble. I think the closest thing we could hope on a campus the size of KWC is that we have our students housed on campus and we can appeal to their better judgment to really be careful about their motions, their movements, and, and where they decide to, to go during the time they are not um, either in class or, or on the athletic field. One of the things I wanted to ask you was, last fall was just really shock and dismay to the students, as it was to coaches, faculty, community members, everything just so abruptly ended. Now with part of athletics opening up across the nation at the professional college level, and the students have had months of living under COVID-19 disruption, what have you found to be the student reaction? And, and how do you find that coming into the fall, knowing what happened last spring, how are they handling the situation? And how are the coaches helping through that, uh, whatever issues there may be? Right. I, I really think that, you know, and I certainly can't speak for all 400 plus student athletes, but I think that they're all just happy to, to be here and to be able to do something with their teammates. I, 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 certainly the, the fact that we're not playing our traditional fall seasons in sports like football and soccer and volleyball. It's not to say that that hasn't had an impact on, on how those student-athletes feel. Um, I'm sure that there's uh, an immense level of sadness for many of them. You know, what we've seen is an engaged population with the 
the workouts that we've those opportunities that we've been able to provide and a desire for more as that is, I guess, as that can be done safely. So they're looking forward, I think, to, you know, whatever level of engagement they can have this year. You know, our spring sports student athletes, I think, are acutely aware of what could happen. And so they are, in, in my estimation, trying to take on a leadership role and making sure that others are aware, hey, we this happened to us once already. Right. It could happen to anybody. And, you know, if we aren't doing what we need to do, uh, in order to to allow our seasons to happen, that's on us. Right. And so, um, it's been a very engaged group so far, and you know we we are very limited in, in what we're doing, um, whether that be you know the distancing requirements throughout activities and no physical contact, and we're doing everything in functional groups of just eight student athletes, and those eight student athletes work out together and only together. They've embraced it, and and at least you know we've been kind of spot checking and just popping into activities to see how things are going. And, and, you know, I've really been impressed with, with what I've seen so far. That's great. You and I have talked on a couple of occasions where next week is really far into the future for certain decisions. So I, I know it's difficult to look too far into the future when dealing with this type of pandemic, but are you getting a chance to plan for not just the fall, but into next spring and, and going forward? Are you, are you getting a chance to even look at how that may appear? Yeah, we're starting to have those conversations. I mean, really, it's um, we've we've got to turn quickly to winter sports and to figure out, you know, are we right now a, a sport like basketball is supposed to start practices on October fifteenth and games on November thirteenth, and um, we've seen several conferences who've already postponed that into January, and um, there may be some movement in delaying the start of the postseason, and I would expect that over the next probably three to four weeks, some of those decisions will be made. Uh, to figure out the the timing of of winter sports seasons, once we kind of know that, we've got to really figure out what that looks like, what restrictions might be in place with spectators, how we handle game officials traveling, you know, to to a contest site, and to ensure that they're appropriately screened and 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 not um, putting themselves or others at risk by their presence. So, we we have started those conversations, you know, kind of focused right now. I think first on winter, we'll kind of work our way through that and then turn our attention to the spring. Um, and really, I, I think one of the overarching themes in all of our conversations is that our hope is to disrupt the spring sports seasons as little as possible because they were so massively disrupted last spring. If we can move our fall sports into the, into the spring semester in a way that it's not detrimental to the experience of the spring sports student-athletes, that's what we're going to do. And that may mean further limited schedules, but those, those schedules will still provide, I think, meaningful engagement. One of the things you said, the students are just happy to be back. I think they're starved to have some competition, to have that camaraderie on on the field and on the court. Rob, I, I want to take this time to say thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me again today. And, and I know you and I work very closely on a lot of, of these issues, but uh, it's good to let our, our, our viewers hear uh, what it is you do on a daily basis with respect to everything that is going on. And, and so before, as, as we're ending, uh, is there anything you would like to add or state before we end the show today? No, I just, I would say that, you know, I've been so impressed uh, with the collegiality and the cooperative nature of, of everything that we've been doing campus-wide and within the athletic department, um, really since all of this started. And this is, you know, it sounds cliche almost to, to say it at this point, but, you know, we will get through this and we will get through it together. <laughs> um, and we hear that, you know, on an almost daily basis. But that that's really truth. It's the only way for us to get through it is to, to get through it together. And you know, back in February, right before all this happened, we, we announced and launched our 
one team Westland initiative and you know with with the thought that we were going to um, you know conduct programming that really brought our our athletic department and our student athletes together as one team and not just 19 uh, different teams and never before has that been more important that we function as one team and and that really applies to the entire campus and, and our entire community so uh, I, I've been so impressed with um, the level of engagement that we've seen from staff members across campus here internally within athletics you know we we formed six working groups to, to tackle different areas like travel and practice and competition and risk management and really have had just such a a broad uh, population of those within athletics that have been involved in those conversations and and from even outside athletics so it's been very impressive uh, to see everyone unite in in this effort and um, it's really what we need um, in order for us to, to navigate it well, I couldn't agree with you more on that, Robin. I know you, the, the athletic department, I know, has been working extremely hard, and so has the entire campus, and the community of Owensboro has been just a, a panacea of help for, for all of us. So once again, Rob, thank you so much. I appreciate your time, and hopefully we can get you on a little bit later in the semester to talk about hopefully positive updates with yeah, respect some, to COVID-19. Some, some non-COVID-19 uh, <laughs> updates, maybe. I feel like you, know, you started this, this conversation with what does an athletic director do, and uh, since since March, really, all that an athletic director does is try to manage COVID nineteen. So, looking forward to the day when that's no longer the case. Well, we we can we can parse that out too. I really look forward to it. So, thank you so much again, Rob. All right, thanks for having me. You bet. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Wesleyan Airway with your host, Dr. Tom Mitzel, President of Kentucky Wesleyan College. The proceeding cannot be reproduced, rebroadcast, or recorded without written permission of the show's host, Kentucky Wesleyan College, and WKWC.